At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. This is Cedric Wilson, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the Epic Roster Watch Podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, and joining me today, a special guest you've never heard on the pod. I think, Davis, I think we've had you on the serious show at least once before. Now, his name is Davis Maddock. He is of the Swole cast, of the Take cast, and also uh, over at Sports Grid. You can find him on Twitter at Davis Maddock, M-A-T-T-E-K. Davis, what the hell's going on, brother? Hey, not uh, not much is going on. Very excited. Yeah, I, I, I have been on the serious show before never been on the podcast. So uh, glad, glad to be invited. Looking forward to chatting. Well, we know that you have a you have a daily show you do from 11 to 2. So uh, we, we, we got to get you out of here quick. So we'll just rapid fire through a couple of these questions. I know you've been doing a bunch of well, have you been doing a bunch of best ball stuff? I figure every, every, if it seems like everybody's starting to talk about it now. Have you gotten into the, in, into the best ball drafts yet? Yeah, I've been uh, been cranking them out on underdog, and then also um, drafters has a championship which works a little bit differently. So uh, underdog cuts down in the playoff weeks, but underdog is week one through seventeen total points wins. So I, I enjoy those different formats. But yeah, I've, I've definitely been grinding those out. I, I feel like I have to qualify it because back when we started, <laughs> we put our first cheat sheet in February. You have people come on and you ask them what the, you know, you have people come on and you ask them about what they're doing in best ball. They're just like, what the, what the fuck are you talking about, man? I'm not doing that yet. And if it, it feels like everybody's kind of starting to get into it now and underdog clearly, just, underdog is doing a marketing blitz, man. But it seems like um, it's working because they, uh, you know, they're getting more and more players over there. And it actually is a really cool setup. They have the huge tournament, million dollar first prize. It feels like st- stacking has become Something that's become a lot more popular. I think that Mike Leone is a dude who we had on the podcast last year who you know, was talking about it then when it wasn't quite as mainstream. It feels like everybody's talking about it now. Um, do, you have a, do you have a stacking strategy or a specific stack or anything that you kind of look at whenever you're getting into these best ball drafts as far as the big tournaments? Yeah, I, I definitely think that in the big tournaments, you are wanting to stack at least one team. Um, probably, probably two, if you're able to do it, you know, kind of the, the way I think about that is I'd like to have one higher price quarterback that I stacks, you know, CD lamb and Dak, Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown, 
um, you know, Patrick Mahomes and, and, you know, McCall Hardman and Byron Pringle. I I think one of the things I've noticed though, is that uh, finding that second stack is a little bit more difficult because a lot of those quarterbacks that we think have a little bit of rushing upside, like, you know, Trey Lance, Jalen Hurts, even Trevor Lawrence, those guys are are getting uh, a little bit more expensive. So this is going to sound so disgusting as I say it, but Daniel Jones, Daniel Jones is very cheap in these drafts right now. He didn't run very much last year, had only 12 touchdowns all of last year, but they add Kenny Galladay, they draft Kadarius Toney, Saquon Barkley is going to be healthy, Evan Ingram is theoretically going to be healthy. Um, and Daniel Jones was a good fantasy quarterback as a rookie, but then bad last season. And you can take Daniel Jones in kind of the 12th round of these drafts or so. And then Darius Slayton, Sterling Shepard, Kadarius Tony, all of those guys, you, you can basically select with, you know, 16th, 17th, 18th round picks. So those backdoor New York Giants stacks have kind of become part of my process. Do, is it, do you, do you set out with, and that's one where you could actually set out for, because you're like, man, I know all these guys are going to be available, but do you ever kind of find yourself in a situation where you're like, well, I've already taken, you know, I've already taken, you know, Jamar Chase or something like that. Maybe now I'm going to need to focus in maybe and push up Joe Burrow up a little bit. Like for me, when I do my stacks, I feel like I just kind of see, I want to take the best players I can at first and say, all right, well, now that I've got these, this core of you know, four or five players. Um, now that I have this, like, how could I make a stack occur now with this? Is, is that how you do it? Because I feel like whenever I do that, it leaves me out of the two of the super high end stuff, like the like the Mahomes Kelsey stuff, or the you know, like you mentioned Dak and C. I mean, Ceedee Lamb and Amari Cooper have basically the same ADP at this point on Underdog. I, I, how do you feel about that? Do you, do you have a Dak Prescott jersey here behind you for people who aren't watching? Uh, uh, you can imagine Davis with a Dak jersey um, behind him, do, like. Just completely off the, just a, a completely new subject. What do you think about Amari, Amari and CD Lamb's ADP being that close for redraft? I could understand it for Dynasty. Um, it feels, I don't. How do you feel about that for 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 redraft this year? So I have CD ranked ahead of Amari, which is kind of they're they're kind of flip flops. So Cooper goes on average about five six picks ahead of Lamb. Uh, I I think that the natural transition we're going to see with the Cowboys is that this is going to be Cooper's last year on the team. They have an out on his deal. Um, they can they can move on from him for no dead money uh, at the end of this year. Basically, it ends up being a team option. And CD Lamb is obviously cost controlled for the next four seasons. I think CD Lamb is a little bit better than Cooper and Gallup. And he's better. And he's yeah, better. He's better. Right. Yeah. he's better. And Gallup is also cost controlled. They also have um, Cedric Wilson, Noah Brown. Uh, Simi Fahoko, who they, that's not how you say his name. I just messed it up, but they, they have, they have alternative guys there. And also I expect that when Cooper leaves, they will probably either add someone in the draft this upcoming season or in free agency. So I, I think the natural transition is to lamb being the number one wide receiver this season and Cooper pretty clearly being the number two with Gallup kind of staying in his role. What you said though, is interesting because obviously the best stack you could have would be Kelsey and Mahomes. You, you fill tight ends. Kelsey was like the number one overall player uh, amongst receiving guys in value last year. Mahomes obviously is incredible, but you're having to pay through the nose uh, to get those stacks. So, you know, it's, it's very unlikely, I think, that the Mahomes Kelsey stack or the, you know, the Dak Lamb stack, those are very pricey. And so it's, it's just harder for those teams to win the overall tournament because you're paying full cost 
Um, so, so that is why, you know, those secondary stacks do end up being so important. But to your example, you know, if I do take Jamar Chase or T Higgins early, I'm definitely looking to take Burrow around ahead of ADP for sure to close that stack out. And I, and, and I never thought we would get a goddamn uh, New York Giants stack take on here, but I, but I love it. It's got, I mean, it's, it's kind of true. You can get all those guys at the very end. You don't, you don't have to plan for that at all. You get, or what I'm saying, or you don't have to, you don't have to plan ahead really at all. You can just know that later on in the draft, these guys are going to be available and there's nothing I have to do with this beginning part of my draft to be able to, to make it happen. Um, what about whenever, you know, you mentioned earlier some Mahomes, you know, a guy you could stack him with is if you don't want to go the super expensive way, you mentioned Nicole Hardman earlier. And I know from listening to the Swole cast, I believe that you're a bit of a Nicole Hardman apologist. Um, is, is that true? Yeah, it seems like it's true. I, it's it's it, it seems like it's true. So there's been some talk behind the scenes here with our company on Slack and stuff like that as we're putting together our cheat sheets. Byron, who's never been a Nicole Hardman guy, is starting to do, do all this McCole Hardman talk. I'm like, man, I, I, I hate McCole Hardman. He's been such a bust. But he he keeps giving me a good convincing argument saying, like, look, he's pro- I know he was drafted as Tyreek Hill insurance. I you know I I know he hasn't been any good. They don't give me volume, but he's the number two receiver for him now. It sure feels like it. So now is it finally McCole Hardman season? Whatever, nobody's looking. Well, it it's it almost has to be. So I I do think we saw a transition with the Chiefs' offense last year, where Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill uh, accounted for about sixty percent of their pass attempts, which is a lot. But then, you know, you factor in, well, they're throwing to the running backs, they're throwing to Darrell Williams, they're throwing to Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, they're throwing to Demarcus Robinson, they're throwing to Byron Pringle. There were there the kind of the rest of the passing work was really segmented out. However, for this season, their wide receiver depth chart after Hardman and Tyreek, it's Demarcus Robinson, who we just know is not any good. It's twenty eight, <laughs> it's 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 28-year-old Byron Pringle, who is an undrafted free agent. He got old quick. He got old quick. Yeah. And then it's they they have rookie Cornell Powell, who was like a, a backup special teamer at Clemson. And then they have this guy who's like a meme player. He's six six, two forty. His name is um either Jody or Jojo Fortson. I, I don't mm-hmm. remember he was a practice squad player for them last year. Um so it's just very thin in terms of where the targets are gonna go. And so I, I think you kinda have to pencil Hardman in for, you know, ninety to hundred and ten targets in that Chiefs mm-hmm. offense and I mean, I don't know. It's just it feels like it feels like if he can't do it this year, he's going to be out of the league pretty soon because he's got this prime opportunity. I was just and I, I was just looking at some of the uh, speaking of the swole cast. I know how you, how into wide receiver cornerback matchups you guys are around there. But I, I was just looking at some of the cornerbacks that that uh, that Kansas City is going to face. And so they get the and I believe the AFC West when I was looking at it, I got the NFC East. But they also get the AFC West twice, and the Chargers all of a sudden are looking like they're going to be dependent on like Asante Samuel to be their outside corner. All the all of a sudden with those guys, um, the, the 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 Raiders are just old and terrible in their secondary. They'll get those guys twice. So I think the McCole Hardman stuff. I, I'm beginning to become kind of interested in the McCall Hardman stuff as a dude who's who's never really been interested before. Okay, uh, wanted to ask you a couple questions um, about the, the pertain to the Green Bay Packers because Aaron Rodgers is uh, clearly. I don't know. What do you think is going to happen with, with with Aaron Rodgers? Do you, I mean, gun to your head? Do you think he's there next year? 
I, I do think he is because I think that if it was desperate enough that the Packers management wanted to save themselves, they would have traded him on draft night to the Denver Broncos for the number nine overall pick. They would have selected Justin Fields or Mac Jones, I guess. Um, and they, they would have, cause I, cause I think by the way, the narrative that underpins all of this is they realized they made a mistake with the Jordan love selection, that it was a panic selection, that it wasn't well thought out and that Jordan love couldn't beat out Tim Boyle after a year of practice to be the backup quarterback. And so I think they'll give him whatever contract he needs. I, you know, I, I think probably the, the most likely thing is that either Rogers sits out or that he's on the roster, because I think what, what do you get for Aaron Rodgers in a trade now? You know, that, that pick that the Broncos made, it's worthless. It's, it's Patrick Sertain, who I, I guess the group Packers would want, but, I mean, are you trading Aaron Rodgers for Patrick Sertain? Probably not. I, I don't know. It just feels it would feel bizarre to me. So I, I think the most likely scenario is either that uh, Rodgers is on the Packers or is is holding out um, to begin the season. I, I I just don't see an obvious trade for them right now. Maybe maybe Oakland or uh, Las Vegas is the is the one team. You know, you do the Derek Carr and a pick swap or something like that. But even that doesn't feel that likely. All right. So gun to your head, holding out or playing. I think playing because I think that Rodgers knows the record books and I think he wants to chase Manning's records. I think he wants to chase, uh, you know, Brady's records. I think he wants to chase all of Favre's records. Like I I think that he uh, has the long lens and knows like I I need to get all these numbers and I need to be accumulating to, to get my spot in the history books. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading to the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Okay, so so if if that's your if that's your kind of if that's where you're going to be basing your expectations or at least your evaluations of his associated players and stuff like that, does that mean that you're going after Devontae Adams and guys like this in Dynasty? Because I'm worried about Devontae Adams and Dynasty. Um, are you going after him? Are you, are you trying to get him at a discount right now? Or are you just saying, I don't want the headache? The guy I'm actually using to leverage this situation is Amari Rogers. Um, cause if Amari Rogers goes to a situation with a bad quarterback or a bad offense or whatever, I, I'm not that interested. I didn't view him as that special of a player, but very specifically in Green Bay, 
One, they've had a ton of success with kind of gadget, small, like short, but stocky guys, right? Randall Cobb, Ty Montgomery. If you really want, if you really want to turn back the clock, James Jones was kind of that same model of a player. You know, James Jones was at, I think, 5'11, but, you know, about 205 pounds. Mm -hmm. And I think that he could be the number two wide receiver pretty early on. Rodgers obviously hates Marquez Valdez Scantling. Um, Alan Lazard was a practice squad player for them for a while. He did play pretty well last year, but we've seen Alan Lazard, Robert Tunyon, you know, Mercedes Lewis, these guys, they all, they all perform not because they're great, but because Rodgers is very good. And so green Bay just patches those holes with whoever. And I think Amari Rodgers is very likely better than all of those guys. Oh God, he's so much better than those guys for sure. Yeah, yeah. and I like the I like the mention of uh, yeah, I mean like the Randall. He's, I mean my comp form was Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb. <laughs> he's yeah. just like I can't believe that that guy weighs two hundred and thirteen pounds, man. In that body, he he really really is just a thick 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 dude. Um, but like as far as if you had to take a stand on on Devonte Adams in, in in a dynasty league. Or if, let's say you own Devontae Adams in a, in a dynasty league. Would you be listening to offers right now for 2021 first round picks? Like, would that make sense to you, given the given the rookie landscape here in here, here in 2021? Um, so he's 28. I yeah. probably I would be looking to sell him. Uh, like, I think a great example of a deal you could do is Devontae Adams for T. Higgins and a 2022 first or something like that. Um, like okay. you you kind of you kind of buy the years a little bit. Um, I, I would, I would, uh, I would be viewing that, you know, Mike Evans, similar, you know, kind of once these guys get Julio Jones, you probably could, I don't know if you could get a first and a prospect for Julio Jones these days, but I, I do kind of like to do that with these guys. Once they hit 28, 29 is trade them for a good, but not great prospect, you know, T Higgins, Michael Pittman, something like that. And then, uh, and then a future first, I think those are fair deals to be made right now. Okay. So speaking of these quarterbacks, uh, one, one more quick one before I, before I have to ask you a couple of, couple of crypto related questions. Um, if you had to, if you had to, and you know what, there could actually be odds on this. There could be Davis, were there odds on this on DraftKings for the first, for the first rookie quarterback to make a start between Mac Jones, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields? I would like to hear your take on it, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's an actual betting market for 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 that. Um, do you do you have a lean on which one, or if we can trust these guys, trust any of these guys to? play the majority of the snaps this season so i i think in uh in a weird way it's actually going to be trey lance i i think that uh the 49ers kind of hid the scent on this pretty well (laughs) i would say it's got a chance to be justin fields but the uh week one the bears open up against the rams i don't think there's any way they uh they throw justin fields out there for his first nfl game is that at home or is is that at home it's it's even it's on the road too it's on the road so on the road in los angeles against the rams defense i I don't think they toss him out there for that um yeah and and i think there's a chance also that jimmy is traded um in in one of these deals i jimmy's just got to be so unhappy like he started a, a super bowl you know 20 20 months ago and now he's he's backed up behind a guy from north dakota like it's it's got to not be a happy situation for him i don't think we see mac jones for a while i think that basically they ride cam until either cam gets hurt or they start losing uh obviously the you know uh I, it would be interesting that week four game when the bucks come to come play 
against the Patriots. Maybe that's uh, if they lose that game, you know, obviously the Patriots fans are going to start murmuring and being very unhappy. So I I think probably after that game is when we start thinking about Mac Jones. No, that's a good one. I guarantee you after week four, they're going to be saying they're going to be saying to throw in, throw in Mac because yeah, that's the kind of thing that they'll just just get everybody up there on, on big tilt that Brady comes in and kicks their ass. Um, Okay. So what is the, and take, take this question and how you would interpret it. Um, as far as the current drafts right now, what player is the Doge coin of current of current best ball drafts? And and you can take that as you as you. It's to me, it's got to be Devonta Smith because in non in non super flex rookie drafts, he's going pretty early. He's going on average ahead of Bateman. You know, he's going on average. He's going ahead of Jalen Waddle a lot of the time and. I know he won the Heisman. I know he scored like, uh, you know, an insane amount of touchdowns and everything, but just the, the comps for a guy who didn't really produce until his final season underweight, didn't even run at his pro day. It's just none, none of it sounds good. None of it inspires a ton of confidence for me. And maybe I'm wrong, right? And I've been wrong about Dogecoin the whole time too, <laughs> right? Dogecoin just, it just keeps going up and everyone's making money off of it. But me, so maybe that's the comp. Maybe maybe yeah. the comp is that this is what I'm wrong about, just like I was wrong <laughs> about Dogecoin. But but to me, the the fundamentals of buying Dogecoin don't make any sense, and the fundamentals of buying Devonta Smith don't make any sense to me either. Yeah, I mean, that's how I meant the question. I'm just like, which uh, which one of these guys do you see is the biggest shit coin that doesn't make any sense? But <laughs> that's what's happening. But you know what? You could take that as saying like, which one am I going to buy a bunch of and make a shitload of money on because I'm an idiot? And you know, it could. I, I think that I think that that's a good one, De, uh, Devonte Smith for sure. Okay, what as far as what speaking of coins that could possibly be shit coins or could possibly be good and make you money? Do you use the Brave browser and do you know anything about Basic Attention Token? Because I use Brave for the privacy aspects and stuff. I didn't care. I didn't. I, I don't give a. I didn't give a shit about some kind of token. But they started sending me these tokens for my attention and stuff like that. You get a wallet for them. I've started to think that more and more people using the Brave browser, that maybe there could be something to this. And now I've seen they have basic attention token on Coinbase. Do you have any thoughts on this, the Brave browser and and that? So it's funny you mention it. I actually do use the Brave browser, but I don't really care about the privacy or the ad tracking stuff. I mean, I do like uh, like on my on my iPhone, I opt out of the tracking and the analytics and everything. I don't I don't love having targeted advertisements because I'm very susceptible to them. Like I can't even log on Instagram without spending eighty dollars on shorts. Like I'm the worst at it. But I do actually use the Brave browser. Um, because of the basic attention token, I wanted to start earning the basic attention token. And not like uh, that's a coin that's going to the moon or anything, but it's a little bit that you can swap uh, into into Bitcoin or or into ETH. You know, whenever uh, whenever you you feel like doing so. So I I actually um, I actually do use the Brave browser, and and I I mean it's it's a great way to earn a little bit of crypto and a, and a great way to to kind of stick it to the companies trying to track all your cookies across the internet. Well, yeah, I mean, I just, I just think it's cool. like I said, I, I didn't, I started using it because I wanted the privacy of it and everything like that. But it's, it's crazy that these other, that these other browsers that people don't realize, well, you know, they're, they're, they're actually monetizing you, whereas this is an actual browser that, in some ways, it, it, like, it pays you. It's, it's really, it's, it's really, really wild. So that's cool to, that's cool to hear. It feels like more and more people are kind of using it. Um, as far as so you're a, you're you're a Bitcoin maximalist. 
Well, I know this I, much. I, I wanna, I wanna, I, I'm, I kind of used to be. I am, and I've had Ethereum the whole time. I've never, and I'm just like Bitcoin. I've never sold it. Um, but I, I, I guess I'm a Bitcoin maximalist in today's economy because I'm not selling my Bitcoin to get more Ethereum, uh, which I guess kind of makes me a maximalist in today's situation. Well, it feels like some people are kind of doing that right right now. It just it feels like people I've talked to is more and more people talking to like they're getting more and more Ethereum. Maybe not as much Bitcoin. If, if for somebody setting up recurring buys, how do you feel about how the allocation of that? should go not that we're financial advisors or anything like that but i'm just curious i mean i know you've been into crypto for a long time i'm just kind of curious to hear your thoughts on how you would handle that so i i can uh, i'll speak to myself personally uh i have i have four recurring buys i have uh, a monday morning recurring buy for bitcoin uh wednesday morning recurring buy for bitcoin and ethereum saturday morning recurring buy for uh, Ethereum and then Sunday morning is Bitcoin and Ethereum. And that's how, that's how I have it. That's how I have it set up. And it's, it's roughly 50, 50. Um, I, I'd have to go look at the exact numbers. Maybe it's, maybe it's 60, 40 one way or the other, but then also the other thing is just any day when it dips down five, 10%, I just buy a little bit more. Um, and, and I try and I try and be as disciplined with that as I can. For, for me, the, the game is more about getting rid of U.S. dollars than it is accumulating one more than the other. But also, uh, yeah, I have not I've not sold any Bitcoin for for ETH uh, up and up until this point. So but, but, but can, can you explain, though, can you explain to me maybe from somebody who's a little bit more into the crypto culture and stuff? Like, why does it feel like people are why does it feel like people are getting more bullish on Ethereum right now? So right now, it's because we are finally starting to see the promise of Ethereum from when it came out back in um, 2015. We're finally starting to see the features of the network that it promised being used, because for a while it really functioned the same way as Bitcoin. It was a way to remit money online without the use of, of financial institutions, which was the big thing that Bitcoin always promised to do. You know, you can hold money, you can save money, you can send money without using a bank. But Ethereum had all these other promising applications and they, they sounded like pipe dreams, right? Um, like the ability to, to execute smart contracts, the ability to lend money, the ability to borrow money, the ability to join pools of people who are borrowing and lending money um you know and those were all things that sounded fake but they're they're happening right now i mean you can you can borrow and lend ethereum via smart contract with millions of other people two millions of other people and it actually works the the smart contracts actually work and execute as they were meant to do um and that that you know the 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 key for that or the the term for it is decentralized finance which is you know basically the world of finance without without central banks without the federal reserve and it actually exists now uh which i i you know i i certainly did never think it would happen this fast
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.